Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. Stand up for your country. You got Mark Levin warming up in a bullpen. His first appearance on the No Spin News tonight. He's got a big new book, as you may know. That should be an interesting conversation. We begin with uh, President Biden's schedule. Once again, he had nothing to do today. 11.25, he talked with a guy named Dr. Eric Lander, uh, director of the Office of Science and Technology, about future pandemics. And I guess they had lunch after that. That's it. That's all he did. Uh, All right, let's get to the uh, president of the United States demanding or suggesting, probably a more fair word, that the governor of New York resign. Um, So Mr. Biden involved himself in the uh, state situation here in New York with Andrew Cuomo, who has been uh, accused by the attorney general of inappropriate behavior with a number of women, including a state trooper. Here's what the president said. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I understand that the state legislature may decide to impeach. Now, that was very unusual. In fact, I'm trying to remember if any other president has ever done that before in a state matter. And and nothing comes to mind. It might be one. If you know of any bill at BillOReilly.com, just shoot it out to me. Very unusual for a president to do that. Usually what they do is defer. Say, I'll let the state handle it. I'll let the court system handle it. But Biden basically signed Cuomo's death warrant because Cuomo now can't come back politically. He's through. Democratic Party will never embrace him again. Can Cuomo hang on another year because his term is up in 2022? Yeah, he can. Um, And he may try to fight it out because it would be bloody and grisly. But if he quits, then he's admitting that he did something wrong. If he resigns and he says he didn't do anything wrong. So, you know, Cuomo may fight it out. But getting back to Biden, because this is the most important part of this story. um, Why did Joe Biden do that? And he was told to do it because he didn't hesitate. As soon as a a report and they knew he was going to be asked it. And it was, yes, he should resign. And he did it because the whole entire Biden administration is based on woke. It's based on all of this stuff that is in the social arena. And he he has to play into the woke culture. He can't go against it or even rise above it. He's got to participate in it if he wants to keep the woke press on his side. So Joe Biden couldn't care less about Andrew Cuomo or what Andrew Cuomo did. Joe Biden was accused by a a woman named Alexandra Reed, who worked for Biden in the 1990s. And Ms. Reed made a a very salacious accusation. um, And she was going to get the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund to help her. And then Time's Up Legal Defense Fund said, hit the road, lady. Why? Because Time's Up is tied in with the progressive movement. And the progressive movement wanted Biden in the White House. So 
Alexander Reed had nowhere to go and the press wouldn't cover her. So that thing just evaporated. Now, I don't know what happened with Joe Biden or Andrew Cuomo. And for me to comment on it, as so many people have done, would be wrong. And I would never do that. I don't know. I didn't know the Kavanaugh situation, although that became clearer when there was not one shred of evidence to back that up. But I stay out of that unless I know, and I don't. What I do know is that Biden injected himself into this situation because he had to keep the woke progressive forces on his side. MSNBC turned on CNN. This is the first time I've ever seen this. So an MSNBC opinion columnist, Laura Bassett, said, quote, given the information, Andrew Cuomo should resign immediately or be impeached. His brother, too, should resign from covering politics or be fired. So MSNBC, even further left than CNN, if that's possible, is now attacking CNN. Interesting. All right, let's get to COVID. So uh, the big story in COVID today is the New York City vaccination passport called Key to NYC Pass. Now, what this is, is you have a vaccination card or I assume a letter from your doctor saying you have COVID antibodies or uh, you have a condition where you can't get the vaccine and you send the information to the state voluntarily and you get an Excelsior pass on an app. Okay, that that's how the structure is. And then if you want to go to a restaurant, a movie, a Broadway show, anything inside, you show the app to get in. Excelsior pass. All right. Now, I talked about this with Hannity on his radio program today. There's a lot of differing opinions. I understand why de Blasio and New York City are doing it, but it's racist. (laughs) How how is it racist? It's racist. 33% of black New Yorkers are vaxxed. 67% are not. In the Bronx, it's 70% of blacks in the Bronx. They can't go inside. Hey, do you know that, Comrade de Blasio? Do you know that? The white and Hispanic vaccination rate much higher than African-American in New York City. Oh, huh? Now, if that were a Republican mayor doing that, that would have been page one. Racist. You're denying African-Americans entree. Now, the reason, obviously, is they want to get everybody vaxxed because vaccination rates um, bring down COVID cases. That's true. The question, well, why is why are they all surging now? They're surging because the Delta variant is more contagious than the original COVID, far more contagious. And there are millions and millions of people unvaccinated. Ninety five percent of those getting COVID now and being put in the hospital, 95 percent are unvaccinated. So New York and you're going to see this in every town. Every big city is going to have this vaccination passport to get inside. Mark my words, even Florida and Texas, the states won't do it 
but the local cities will. Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Miami, Tampa, they'll do it. You wait and see. President Obama cancels his big birthday party, um, you know, out in Martha's Vineyard because of COVID something. Um, This is an interesting story. Chinese government forcing everybody in Wuhan, 11 million people, to get COVID tested. Forcing. You don't do it, you go to jail. 11 million residents in Wuhan, where this virus started, now getting tested again because of this Delta variant. And in China, they don't have to have any vax passports. They say, you do this or you're going to jail. They don't have enough vaccination over there to vax these people. Chinese scientists couldn't couldn't come up with it, but they're testing them. In Florida, which is the worst spot in the USA for COVID, um, Ron DeSantis, the governor, has slipped behind his challenger in the 2022 election, uh, Charlie Crist. It's, It's basically a tie, according to a St. Pete poll. This doesn't mean anything, all right, because, you know, people are scared about COVID. They know there's a lot of COVID in Florida. Um, Governor DeSantis doesn't want to mandate anything. And so he's going down the polls, but he'll come back up as soon as the COVID gets under control. All right. Now I am going to prove to you, my viewers all over the world, that I'm a good guy. Now, I know some of you have questions about that, but here is the proof. So as you know, a killing the mob was number one for nine weeks. But then it wasn't number one because another book took its place. And that book is called American Marxism by a guy named Mark Levin. You may have heard of him. So rather than brood about this and Pearl Invective, Mr. Levin's way, I'm putting him on a program tonight, and you're going to see him in a moment. But first, I want to set up American Marxism. So as you know, we've been reporting on this for, I would say, two years, you know, uh, and we, we really stepped it up after the George Floyd incident, that there is a strain in the United States that wants to replace our capitalistic system with socialism slash Marxism, and we've proven it beyond a reasonable doubt. If you still don't believe it, all you need to do is go to the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation website where they clearly say the three women who founded that organization, we're Marxists. We are. They're not like they're hiding it. They're proud of it. So in the months after George Floyd, The following corporations donated a lot of money to the Marxist Black Lives Matter Global Foundation. Amazon, Microsoft, Intel, Reddit, Uber, Warner Music Group, Cisco, Gatorade, Nabisco. And then there were private people, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Justin Bieber, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, on and on and on and on. Now, are all of those people Marxists? I mean, what the deuce are they doing? So joining us now from Florida is the aforementioned author of the number one bestseller, 
American Marxism. Uh, Mark Levin, you know him. He's on radio. He's on television. He'll come to your house and cut your lawn if you're nice to him. I mean, he's just everywhere. So this is what I, I can't explain to my audience very lucidly. These big corporations that would be dismantled, actually confiscated if Marxism was the system in America, they're pumping millions of dollars into that system. Can you explain it? Well, if you look at history, and thank you, Bill, for having me, there were a lot of corporations that worked hand in glove with Nazi Germany, with the Third Reich, even though they were claiming to be capitalist organizations. They're not really so much pro-capitalism as they're pro-corporatism. And I explain in the book a couple attitudes about this. Number one, the boards have moved hard left with the new and newer board members. Number two, they want to destroy their competition. What better way to destroy your competition than to get in bed with the regulators? Number three, many of them have decided that the Democrat Party and this agenda is going to win because in so many respects, the Republicans are weak, uh, that these movements have already devoured main cultural aspects of our society. And so it's not that they're particularly patriotic. Many of them want to do business in China. Many of them do business in China. They don't much care about how much genocide is going on there. And so these are these are different type of uh, corporate boardroom I think we're dealing with today and over the last several decades. So it doesn't surprise me. And of course, they get no pushback from us. The left goes to shareholder meetings. They show up by the hundreds. They make demands. Uh, they, they conduct boycotts and, and they try to get pension funds to divest. We don't do anything except complain about it and talk about it. And that's one of the points of my book. It's time that we become a little bit more engaged. We don't have to change our lives the way they do. They're 24-7 at this. But how about we spend a few minutes every day or an hour every week uh, doing what we need to do to push back? And we need to begin boycotting. We need to begin sanctioning. We need to be begin divesting. All right, let's get to that. Uh, we need to we'll get to litigious. that in a minute. But I yeah. still want to I, I pick up this theme. So Disney, you don't get more American than Disney, all right? The Disney Corporation is full woke. Would you agree with that? They're 100% oh, yeah. in. Okay. Now, I don't know whether Bob Iger, a billionaire, runs Disney. Is I don't think he's a Marxist or a socialist. Um, but what he does is enable this kind of fascism, particularly on speech, to take root. That's what he does. And I'll give you an example. I think you may know this. In Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, the public address people can no longer say the words, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. They're gone. That's fascism. Okay? Uh, they're ordered. No, by that's their... Marxism. Well, you link it into Marxism. Okay. I'll explain it in a minute. All right. But I don't think Iger and the board of Disney would cop to being Marxists. I don't think well, they I would. I want to explain that. Okay. It's not that they copped to being Marx. I didn't call the book Marxism. I called it American Marxism. It's an Americanized form of Marxism. And it's for this reason. They have adapted the fundamentals, the oppressed versus the oppressor, the victim versus the victimized. Uh, they reject so many of our founding principles, whether they're billionaires, whatever they're doing and so forth is, is beside the point. They're not Marxists in the old Soviet way. They're not Marxists, they're not Maoists, they're not Leninists. But they, but they embrace the idea uh, that the culture is rotten because they promote it. If they didn't promote it, uh, then it wouldn't matter what all these Marxist movements are doing. 
They embrace the idea. You can't find a dime's worth of difference with them on Black Lives Matter. You just said they help subsidize them. Uh, they say almost nothing about Antifa. When it comes to climate change, which I explain in the book is an old degrowth movement that came out of uh, Europe, uh, they're all in on climate change. They help fund these movements. Uh, they're all in on critical race theory. And this is what I mean. It's an Americanized, tailorized form of Marxism. Now, they don't want to nationalize businesses and stuff like that. But they take the fundamentals where you must have class warfare based on whatever it is. Marx talked about economic class warfare. This Americanized form has expanded it. Uh, it's been tailored to our American system to seek but our do imperfections. You think, do you yeah. think that Iger and the boys sitting there in Beverly Hills uh, are aware of that? Do you think they're doing it on purpose? Well, they're not doing it by accident. So you and think I will that say they this. know that Disney and the board of directors and the CEO know and want than to tear down the traditional American system, both economically and socially. You think they want to do this and are using the power of their corporation to make it happen? Actually, it doesn't matter to me whether they think it or not. This book isn't written for the media. It's not written for the corporate titans. It's not written for the left. It's written for the average American to read and find out what's going on in this country. But let me address that. Not only doesn't it matter to me what they think they are, the fact of the matter is they're promoting it. If these corporations weren't promoting it, and if these various cultural institutions like our media were not promoting it, it wouldn't be an issue. That's if true. our school districts weren't promoting it, it wouldn't matter. That's absolutely the culture true. culture has been conquered. And so I'm trying, I said, here's what happened. I looked at this. I didn't come up with this title until three months before I turned this book in. I said, what the hell is going on here? And I went back, I'll give you an example, climate change. I said, what? Climate change, climate warming, climate cooling, is it happening, isn't it happening? This is a movement. One degree here or there, they want to change our entire economy. Who are these people? And I go back and I researched it and I saw this comes out of the 1970s out of Europe, an entire movement. It's all out there for people to see. It's not about global warming or cooling or climate. It is about a degrowth movement aimed first at the United States, the Industrial Revolution, which Marx was always upset about the Industrial Revolution because it proved his entire theory false. The bourgeoisie was not overthrown by the great proletariat. The great proletariat became the great middle class that loves America and defends America and fights for America. So they've been on a hate on, on the American capitalist system from day one, and they hate being called what I call them. Whether they believe it or not, I don't much give a damn. You can't find, Bill, a dime's worth of difference between the vast majority of the media today and any of these movements. No, all they right. We'll get to the media in, in, a, in a moment. Yeah. Now, on page 34 of your book, you have a quote from a guy who says, social movements thrive on conflict. And what basically that is, is that you have to create so much chaos if you want to change a system. And you can see that throughout history. I know you're a historian. You know how the Russian Revolution happened, how the rise of the Third Reich happened. And, and you've got to create all of this confusion so the people just don't know what the deuce is going on. And that they then go into whatever they feel is safe or what promises them the most. And that is a very, very smart theme of your book. Now, my question, because you know I'm a simple man. Joe Biden is a leader of the United States. 
he has done more to enable the progressive left and all of the woke stuff than any other president in history, including Barack Obama, by far. Now, Biden will never read your book, and I don't even think he'll have the time to have Jill read it to him, okay? But if you were to have him right here, Biden would never admit to being, oh, I don't want Marxism. I don't want socialism. You know he wouldn't. Do you think he has any clue what's really happening? Here's the thing. One of the things I also say in the book is this, Bill. We have to take the language back, and we have to understand what's going on in this country. This isn't liberalism. This isn't progressivism. This isn't social activism. This isn't democratic socialism, which are uh, two terms that don't really work together. This is what it is. And they may not like me calling it, but my calling it exactly what it is. And that's part of the book. We have to have the courage to use the terms properly. Now, as a perfect example, the early progressive movement was a byproduct of Marxism. The early progressives, whether Woodrow Wilson, but in particular John Dewey and so forth, they embraced it. John Dewey went back to Moscow in 1928 when Stalin was in full roar. And he looked at the educational system and he said, this is what we need to be doing. We need to unite around the communal. We have to, re and you've written, you've talked about this. I think you call them the SPs or something to that, that effect. Right. And uh, it's exactly right. Right. But yeah. Biden himself so, as the leader is, is cultivating yeah. this. He's making it easier for the Ocasio-Cortezes right. and all of these people. Do you think he knows what he's doing? These people will never say, I, he found me out, Levin did. I'm an American Marxist. Of course not. But I want Frank and Sally and Mohammed and Yitzhak and everybody else in America to understand. This is what they're promoting. They self-identify as something else. This is also another tactic. In terms of Biden, no, of course he doesn't know. But he is the main, as you point out, the main foil through which they operate. He has signed executive order after executive he's order every one of these movements. So I don't think he knows what he's doing, period. Um, he's never really had any spine. You know that from his senatorial career. Right. Um, I think his church is going to boot him uh, in November. And that'll be a huge story. Final question on politics. Kamala Harris, is she more hardcore progressive than Biden? You know, I don't know, Bill, if we've ever had a time, certainly in modern history, we've had two people who are completely unqualified to serve in the positions they're in. Kamala Harris, though, is more of an outwardly ideological, I think. Uh, Biden is a chameleon, but I think she's more outwardly ideological. There's not a single one of these, what I call these spawned American Marxist movements that she disagrees with. In fact, she had a more radical voting record than Bernie Sanders. Uh, that's another one who gets away with, I'm a democratic socialist. That guy's been an old red Marxist since day one when he was screaming on a soapbox in Brooklyn, New York. But that said, yes, she clearly is. I mean, look, do they talk about individual liberty ever? Do they talk about American sovereignty ever? Do they ever praise American capitalism? They trash the founders. They trash the founding. They trash the declaration in the Constitution. They support people pulling down monuments. They support people effectively burning books, brainwashing our children. If it's not what I call American Marxism, then what the hell is it? Last question. NBC is the most woke of the powerful corporations that control the media. That's Comcast. All right. Second 
is AT&T, CNN. I see it as a money play for NBC. They got their butt kicked when I was at Fox News. They could never do anything. They never made any money. But then they went far left, and now they're making a little bit of money. CNN was the Hey Trump network. They made a little money doing that. Is it all about money for Comcast and AT&T, or are they buying into this progressive socialist trend? I think in this specific respect, these massive corporations that own these these news platforms, they don't need to own these news platforms. They can make a ton of money without them. I think they uh, they own them as a protection racket. CNN is never going to do a negative story on AT&T. And NBC and MSNBC are never going to do a negative story on Comcast. So I think they like having these outlets. They like having them woke. Uh, they're part of that, that milieu of... Uh, of corporatists who who are down for the revolution, even though they're out there trying to make every little nickel they possibly can. So I just want to be clear. I know they don't self-identify as American Marxists. If they did, I wouldn't have to write this book. I'm identifying them. I'm explaining why I think they are, that it is a unique form of Marxism. There was a great piece written by Professor Paul Kengor from Grove City in the American Spectator. And he's an expert on communism. He's an expert on the Cold War. And he said, what's unique about this book is that he feels I've identified something that's happening, something that's going on, and I've labeled it properly. And we'll see, because I think I have, but we'll see if, if people right. agree with me. And you're uh, on your radio and television platforms, you're saying to the American people in these corporations, the ones we just named and many, many more, don't do business with them, right? Just don't do business with them. To the extent you can, boycott them. And then also look what we did with Goya. Also promote those who, who, who are patriotic. I mean, what the hell? Why should we subsidize our own demise? Why should we subsidize companies that hate our guts? Does that go for movie stars and people like that? Is that, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Aniston, these right. people? Okay. All right. The yeah. book, number one. And, you know, I'm not holding a grudge that, that Killing the Mobs, number three. We love you, uh, Bill. Uh, American Marxism, Mark Levin. Thanks very much. Hope we can talk again. I appreciate you coming. You on. too. Okay. God bless. I thought that was a pretty interesting interview. I hope you did, too. Let me know what you think. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in Tanafush to opine. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. In California, Emerson College poll says that it's a tie now. Do you want to boot 
Governor Newsom from office. Um, 46% say yes, 48% no, but that's in the margin of error. I am predicting he will be booted on September 13th. And it looks like political commentator Larry Elder might be the next governor of that state. Wow, that would be some story, wouldn't it? Okay, economic news today. Um, The jobs report was terrible. And I'm telling you, this is going to kill Joe Biden. I mean, the COVID thing is going to hurt him bad. But if this economy softens up, so they were expecting 653 jobs to be uh, created in July, um, 330,000 were, about half. And that's the smallest job gain since February. Um, that's going to tell the tale next year, the economy. You remember the uh, couple in uh, Missouri who uh, objected to uh, demonstrators coming on their property and they had guns, Mark and Patricia McCloskey. They were convicted. Uh, Mark McCloskey of fourth degree assault and threatening passerbys, fined $750. Patricia Guilty of harassment, pled guilty, uh, $2,000 fine. Well, they have now been pardoned by Missouri Governor Mike Parson. This is interesting. This day in history, August 4th, 1987, the Federal Communications Commission abolished the Fairness Doctrine. It is fascinating. So some people think the Fairness Doctrine is still in play. In the 1950s, when television was invented and and distributed, the government got involved. But there's only four real channels. There were the three networks, and then there was PBS. Okay? And the government said to these new networks, you got to be fair. you got to balance your presentations. Whether it's news or commentary or whatever it may be, you've got to have a fairness doctrine. If you don't, we're going to fine you a lot of money. Well, that, that carried through for about 30 years. But then in 1959, all right, the Communications Act was signed and it upped it. It upped it. So now there was an investigative agency if a network, um, you know, lean right or left. They were unfair. Now that was serious. But then... In the late 1960s, with the Vietnam stuff, um, it really started to get out of control on talk radio. So 1960, there were only two talk stations in the United States. Two. All right. By 1995, there were 1,200. Once talk radio started, the Fairness Doctrine went out the window. So Rush Limbaugh, for example... He began uh, in the early 90s. By 94, he had 20 million Americans tuning in to hear a conservative point of view. There was no balance. It was Mr. Limbaugh's show, and for three hours, he espoused conservative tenets. And the government didn't bother him. But the government had a problem. It had to abolish the fairness doctrine because of the rise of talk radio. The network news stayed fairly pliant until Dan Rather took over from Walter Cronkite. Okay? So Walter Cronkite was a liberal, but he, he hid it. 
But once Rather took over, Rather was a real rabid liberal, is to this day. Then it started to change. And I was there. I worked for Rather. I saw it. Now, Brokaw is much more subtle. Okay. Uh, Jennings was liberal, but very disciplined. Sometimes his bias would come out, but not a lot. So Jennings and Brokaw, they didn't traffic in that too much. Rather did. And then the uh, government had to abolish the Fairness Doctrine. It was just too much going on, and they did it 34 years ago today. Isn't that a fascinating history story? I think it is. So I got a really lively uh, mail segment. Then I got a final thought I believe you're going to want to see. Um, you know, so I hope you hang around. We'll be right back. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the mail, most of it on COVID, and I know that is the big story affecting everyone. I try to be as lucid as I can, as clear as I can be about the facts. There's no speculation zone. Remember the no spin zone? No speculation zone. All right, Debbie on the message board. Excellent presentation on COVID, Mr. O'Reilly. Finally, the facts. Yeah. Took a while, didn't it? Liz, since the Johnson & Johnson vax is so much less effective, why is it being offered? One shot instead of two. And it's 65% effective. But I could have taken the J&J. And I said, no. I'm going for the 90 on the Moderna. My personal decision. Kathy... I think most are afraid of the long-term effects of this experimental vaccine. Listen, Kathy, the only way that America and every other country on the planet is going to be able to function normally is for its citizenry to get vaccinated. The only way. So, yes, it hasn't been approved. It will be soon. The vaccines will all be approved. But greater good. I know people are afraid. I know. But there's no other way. Sanford, the current administration has lost control of any semblance of a national response to the COVID pandemic. We simply do not believe in Fauci's continual moving of the goalposts. Fauci's through. He's done. Wuhan killed him. All right. Again, I talk about this with Hannity on this radio show. That is posted on BillOReilly.com. We hope you Listen to it. Um, But yeah, the Biden administration is ridiculous. 
The response is ridiculous. Brian Pierce, West Boylston, Massachusetts. Hey, Bill, I took your stats from uh, the No Spin News and sent them to Governor Baker's office. I told him it was shameful the way COVID is being politicized. You know, Brian, you're a patriot. That's what everybody should do in the individual states. All right, here are the facts, Governor. Let's make decisions based on the facts. Eric, Newport Beach, California. Bill, don't forget about natural immunity. Compare vaccinated deaths to deaths from those who had the virus previously. Natural immunity is a legitimate alternative to the vaccine. Not going to happen. Too many variants. The immunity is not going to happen naturally. And if you don't believe me, look at India, look at Brazil, look at the European nations. Not going to happen. The vaccine, just like polio, is the way to stop this. Tom. None of the conservative commentators I follow have ever discouraged people from getting vaccinated. That is fake news, it seems to me. Rather, conservatives resist the efforts by overbearing government to overrule individual freedom of choice. Okay. Okay. I mean, I understand the freedom argument. But public health and safety overrides. Just look up the polio situation. I, I went over it yesterday. I'm not going to go over it again today. But that, that's very, very germane here. Patricia Spurgeon, Longview, Texas. I just read a Facebook post saying the D.C. police confirmed four Capitol policemen uh, committed suicide. And they covered the January 6th riot. This is so crazy. I won't believe it until I hear it on the No Spin News. It is true. But there, I don't think there's any linkage to the January 6th riot. And I don't know of any suicide note or any linkage, but four police officers did commit suicide. Richard M. Key, Syracuse, New York, at your events with President Trump, will you be taking questions from the audience? Yes, but they'll be on cards. You write them. See, in the Miller O'Reilly shows, that's what we did. We had the audience write the questions because then I can get to many, many more than if you were speaking in a giant arena, we couldn't hear you and be, you know, you write them on cards when you come into the arena. I will select the best questions and pose them to President Trump. All right. And stand by. I have some information about the uh, Trump O'Reilly history tour. Myron Joe, Green Valley, Arizona. I purchased a ticket in the fourth row to your Orlando show. I'm hopeful during the show with Trump, you'll be able to help him understand what happened. I think your take on the situation is right on. I'm not going to try to convince Donald Trump of anything in these programs. That's not my job here. My job is to get as much hard information to you, the people in the arenas, as I can. It's not a debate. Not going to do that. I'm going to get facts because that has been sadly lacking. Now, um, put up the uh, shows if you want to get tickets. Now is the time because August is, you know, slow. These are great Christmas gifts, December 11th in Sunrise. That's Lauderdale, Florida. December 12th, Amway Center, Orlando. 18th, Toyota Center, Houston. 19th, Dallas, Texas. All right. All the VIPs are sold out, but we have nice seats available. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll link you right in there. and You get the nice seats. Um, 40% off if you buy Killing the Mob and Killing Crazy Horse together. What a fabulous deal. And then you get five stand-up-for-your-country bumper stickers free. And um, 
I might send Mark Levin out to cut your lawn. So all of this is a great deal at SpillO'Reilly.com store. And don't be a Poppinjay, P-O-P-I-N-G-A-Y. I love that word when writing to us. Back with a final thought in a moment. So here's the final thought of the day. A lot of people are angry. You see it at the airports. You see it on the planes. You see it in road rage. You see it in stores. People are angry. All right. Two sources of the anger right now. That is the people who are vaccinated and now their kids have to go back to wearing masks or they have to wear masks and they're blaming the unvaccinated. So they're mad. And then the unvaccinated are angry because they don't want to be uh, have the government impose anything on them. So they're furious. There's a lot of anger swirling around. I see it. It's visible. Okay, and it's dangerous because angry people do foolish things. I mean, I have a big Irish temper. All right. And when I lose that temper, nothing good happens. Now, I'm a lot better than I was when I was 30 because I've learned some hard lessons that if you're walking around with a lot of anger, it's going to come back at you. It's going to hurt you. So that's my message here in the final thought. It's normal to be middle of a pandemic. All our rights are being infringed upon. There's crazy stuff going on. We have a weak president. We have a corrupt media. Oh, yeah, God, bad. But I'm giving you an outlet here. You hear the truth every day on this program. I give you solutions to problems. We're going to be a better country after the midterm elections. I can almost guarantee that. Okay? But you'll step, stair-step it. So if you know people who are angry, give them a subscription to BillOReilly.com. Give them a premium membership. Do them a favor. Gift it to them for birthday or just because you like them. Because we got to take the anger out of the balloon. All right? Problems are not solved by anger. They're solved by determination, logic, and perseverance. Okay? That's how problems are solved. But it is normal to be angry. That's normal. But you've got to contain it. And this is one outlet that helps you do that. Thank you for watching us tonight. Tomorrow we're going to have a special program on media corruption. Stuff you have no idea about right here on the No Spin News. See you then.